The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. Perfecting the love walk. This is not a suggestion to love. This is a command to love. So you're under a new commandment, and that's commandment of love. If you fulfill that commandment, then you've settled all the other commandments. Over in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, but faith worketh by love. And I'm telling you, you are not going to rise any higher than your love walk. Power of love will turn around anything. The love topic that we're talking about is not human love. It's not phileo. We get our word Philadelphia from it, but it's agape. It's a love that is not performance-based. It's an unconditional love. I'm going to love you whether you love me back. That's the kind of love it is. Now, this particular love over in Galatians and chapter 5 and verse 14, he says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, why is he saying this? He's saying this because there was the law in the Old Testament. And this law in the Old Testament was thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. And that's what the Old Testament had. And it was nothing but rules and regulations which were meant to control the impulses of the natural man. They were meant to control a person that was in a fallen state of their existence. In other words, Adam and God walked and talked together. Adam sinned and they got separated. Now what's happening? Man has fallen. What's going on? God is now giving man a set of regulations to follow to keep this man alive, to preserve this man. So this is the Old Testament. But it came to pass that was prophesied in Jeremiah, for example. He said, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their, what? Inward parts and write it in their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. So what is he saying? This man, mankind, before Christ came, was a natural man that was under the impulses of natural uh, uh, impulses of the flesh, meaning that this man didn't have God in him. He didn't have God's nature anymore. He fell and took on the nature of Satan. 
And now Jesus has got to come because he got to restore him back to his rightful place, giving him the nature of God back in him. So to govern this man, he is saying, I'm going to give you some laws that'll check your flesh. Thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. Now, Jesus is coming because this is prophesied, I'm gonna soon write my laws on the inside of you. In the Old Testament, I wrote them on a tablet of stone. Moses came up and he wrote them by the finger of God on a stone. But I'm gonna take them off the stone and put them in your flesh. Now, how can I do that? Because you're going to come back to me. In other words, when Jesus comes, he's going to make a way for you to come back to the father. And now you've got the father's nature again. And we found out that the father's nature is love. So I'm going to put that back inside of you. Romans chapter five and verse five, if you will. A hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the who? Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, let's look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. For he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is what? God is love. God is love. He doesn't change. He is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. Going down to verse 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us. Because he hath given us of his spirit. Now, we're going to go to that spirit in just a minute, but let's go down to verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is what? Love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth where? In God. And God where? In him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no what? Fear in love. There is no fear in love. Watch this. But perfect love, what? Cast out fear. Because fear has what? Torment. He that feareth is not made perfect, what? In love. Well, I got to understand that. Wait a minute. If this fear is in my life, if this anxiety, if it's all this is in my life, maybe I need to work on my love. Because there is no fear in love. Next verse. We love him because he what? First, love me. So if any man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a what? A liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he's not seen? Wow. Well, that makes sense. So God is giving you another love. Where is it? It's being shed abroad in your heart. 
By the who? Holy Ghost. Look at it, Romans chapter 5, 5. He says, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the who? Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Wow. Now let's go to another verse. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. He says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and I'll write them in their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Now he took that right from Jeremiah. So look at that, Old Testament, New Testament. So where we had all of these various laws, he is saying, I'm going to give you one law. Let's go to John chapter 13, please. I want you to really get this because I'm about to jump off into the deep here in just a minute. All right, John chapter 13. Let me know when you get to John 13 by saying, praise the Lord. Look at verse 30, 34. A new commandment I give unto you that you love ye one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall you all men know that you are my disciples if you have love, what? One for another. All right? So this is not a suggestion to love. This is a command to love. So you're under a new commandment. And that's the commandment of love because if you fulfill that commandment, then you've settled all the other commandments. Let's look at this thing in perspective because this love is a part of the kingdom culture. Now, what do I mean by that? Over in John 3, 3, Jesus talks to a man named Nicodemus who was a ruler of the synagogue. He had more knowledge of scripture than anybody. And Jesus answered and said to him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom of God. All right. Now we found out that once I get born again, what am I born? I'm now born of the spirit. I'm now no longer just flesh, but now I'm a child of God. I have now been recreated in Christ that what was there before is gone. And now there's a new person in there that's a baby Christian that I've got to nurture in the word and grow him up just like I'd grow up a little child that was up here on this stage. I've got to teach him and they're gonna grow up. And mainly we are taught by the Holy Holy Ghost. Now, this, our mission is to take the kingdom message and bring this kingdom message to every place we are being sent. Now, this is not a message that is being uh, assimilated. This is not a message that we're taking and incorporating into whatever's existing here right now. No, no, no. 
God tolerates no mixture. You can't even mix grace and law. Got it? Now, this is a sovereign kingdom that we are bringing wherever we go. So we are taking up where Adam stopped. And we are taking this kingdom and it is a replica, Lord Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost, of the Garden of Eden and spreading this garden culture to everywhere we go. Got it? So we are now not only being born again in salvation, but now we're sent to make transformation into every place that God would have us to be sent. We're transforming humanity into divinity. Glory to God. And as we are taking people from where they are to where they should be, that this is not a brutal method. That's it. I said like this, even though we're having dominion, we're not dominating them. We are liberating them. So you are to bring heaven to earth everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Now, Mainly, this is done by faith. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 again. Watch this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Watch this. Put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against what? flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now let's go back, all right, in the Amplified. Put on the whole armor of God of a heavy armored soldier, which God supplies that you may be able to stand, able successfully to stand up against all the what? Strategies and what? Deceits of the devil. You with me? Say strategies. So now, what's happening is I'm being sent into a certain place on earth. Now, it's, it's meant for us who are God's representatives that we were never meant to be separated from the world. We were meant to be separated in the world. That we're in the world, but not what? Of the world. But we are meant to go into those places. Say amen. amen. Now, in those places that we're sent, there mainly we are to fight only one fight. Which, what is it? The good fight of faith. In other words, I'm not supposed to fight my neighbor. I'm supposed to fight the good fight of what? Faith. Now, when you're saying that, 
then that means, get this now, that 99% of my battles are going to be won with words. I'll say it again. When I'm fighting the good fight of faith, 99% of my battles are going to be won with words. Do you, are you with me? Why? Because I'm operating in a, as a kingdom citizen. Now, when I'm operating as a kingdom citizen, I got angels with me. Say amen to this. Can I keep going? All right, so in, in, in 2nd Kings chapter 19, in 2nd Kings chapter 19, this is where Hezekiah was now being aggressively approached by the king of Assyria that Hezekiah, uh, the king of Assyria had taken all the other lands around and now he's out to take Judah where Hezekiah is and he's coming up threatening now Hezekiah. So he comes to Hezekiah and he threatens now Hezekiah, 2 Kings chapter 18 and verse 13. He says, now in the 14th year of the king of Hezekiah, Hezekiah is a good guy. King Shenesarab, king of Assyria, the bad guy. Come up against all the thin cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria to Lachish saying, I have offended. Return from me that which thou puttest on me will I bear. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Now, that's several million dollars. And Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. Watch this. At that time, did Hezekiah even cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord? Now he gave them all. What was he trying to do? Keep this guy off his back. Now what is he trying to do with Hezekiah? One of the things he's trying to do is make Hezekiah believe that God sent him and that Hezekiah cannot win because God is against them and God has sent the king of Assyria to take them. This is what he's trying to make Hezekiah believe. Now, Hezekiah had the mind to go get a word from the prophet. In chapter 19 and verse 6. In 19 and 6, and I, as Isaiah said to them, thus shall you say unto your master, thus 
saith the Lord, be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Watch this. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. I'm not going to even let him die on your property. All right. Hezekiah received the letter. Say, received the letter. One of the jobs of the prophet is to give you something to say. All right, so what did Hezekiah do? He took the letter. Today we have the Bible. And he went up unto his, uh, the temple to pray, verse 14. And Hezekiah received the letter uh, of the hand of the messengers and he read it and Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims. Now he prayed. And Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which you have prayed to me against Shenisarab, the king of Assyria, I have heard. Now, we want to make sure God hears. Turn to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? Hears us. Is this Bible according to God's will? Is what Hezekiah read according to God's will? Verse 15. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know we what? Have the petition that we desire of him. Now, the only thing you want to know is, did he hear me? I'm not trying to feel anything now. Now watch this. Look at 1 John while you're over there, glory to God, and look at chapter 3 and verse 20. Now, this is why you need to get rid of condemnation. Now, watch this. Are you with me? For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, we have what? Confidence toward God. What is another word for confidence? Faith. Put it in your Bible. So if my heart doesn't condemn me, I've got faith. Now, watch this. Prayer doesn't make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. Got it? So if I've got no faith, I can be praying, but it won't amount to anything. Because my faith is the power of my prayer. Well, I trust that you were blessed by that powerful teaching. Well, today is offering day on the broadcast. Now, it's a time where we give you an opportunity to sow into this wonderful work which God is doing through this ministry. Now, here are a few points you might want to remember. One, that God never designed you and I to bear the weight of our own provision. Now, in the beginning, God himself provided for Adam and Eve in the garden. So that's why as you sow a seed, he multiplies the harvest back to you. Number two, 
God's plan to meet your need is through seed. Now, God thought of that. I, I didn't think of it. God th thought of that. And if you have a farmer, the way he gets a harvest is that he has to sow some seed. Now, we came to Chicago, this ministry, my wife and I and family, and we started this ministry with only $200. I mean, that's what we had. But look what the Lord has done. Why? Because as we do, did so, God brought in a harvest. And the Bible says in Psalm 115 and verse 14, it says, the Lord shall increase us more and more, us and our children. So we have a covenant promise from God that as we continue to invest in the kingdom, God will increase us more and more. Number three, God intends for you to be abundantly blessed. Why? So that you can be a blessing to others. That's what he has planned for our lives. So if you have your seed, I want to pray over it now. As we do pray over it and you sow this seed, fully expect that need to be met. It might be you're sowing it and aiming it for maybe a loved one to be saved or, or maybe someone to be uh, delivered from some kind of addiction or sow, sow a seed for a building that you're trying to get or whatever, a promotion. Sow it for something. Just sow that seed and understand that God thought of this method. You and I didn't think of this. We're not trying to treat God any other way than how God himself has set up this thing to work. So as we sow the seed, fully expect a harvest to come back to you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all the viewing audience and those, Father, that you have placed to help support this ministry. We pray, Lord, that as this seed comes into this ministry, that according to the kingdom of God, you multiply it back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men shall give it to their bosom. Father, bless them indeed, them and their families. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, we thank you so much for watching our broadcast. Thank you also for your support. It is awesome. Thank you very much. We love you. This is Bill Winston saying, keep walking by faith. Perfecting the love walk. This is not a suggestion to love. This is a command to love. So you're under a new commandment and that's commandment of love. If you fulfill that commandment, then you've settled all the other commandments. Over in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, but faith worketh by love. And I'm telling you, you are not going to rise any higher than your love walk. Power of love will turn around anything. Stay on the line and walk in God's agape love to overcome any temptation that may arise to hinder your faith in Pastor Winston's powerful life-changing teaching, The Power of Love, Volume 1. To order on CD or DVD, contact us online at billwinston.org or by phone at 1-800-711-9327. There is only one fight for the believer to fight. It's the good fight of faith, and faith works by love. Learn how to perfect your heart of love when you walk in The Power of Love. Order The Power of Love, Volume 1, today. Hello, this is Bill Winston, and I'd like to share with you a new book that I've just written. It's called Miracles in the Marketplace. Now, traditionally, we thought of miracles happening when people get sick and get a miracle or something's wrong with them physically, they get a miracle. No. 
Miracles can happen in education, in government, in business, in economics, anywhere. And you can have a miracle in your life. We're up against things and challenges today that, let me tell you, the natural solutions just won't do it. We need a miracle. Well, this book develops not only a miracle mindset, but how you can produce miracles in your life. It is a phenomenal book. Powerful. Praise God. You need to get it today. This is Bill Winston saying God bless you and keep walking by faith.